Many of you are going to the women's encounter. If you are, jump up. Quick, one, two, three, jump up. If you're going to the women's encounter, everybody that's going to the women's encounter, no, 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 don't sit down. Don't sit down. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. So now the key that Tara said to me and Jen echoed to me is if they're going, we've got to know because we want to feed them. And put them in a bed. And, and so this is what that form looked like. The form doesn't look like, hey, Carmen, Tammy's going to the encounter. Did you know she is? She's really going to, we're, you're going to have a great time. You want to go with it. But if Tammy's not here, she's not standing up, and she's not signed up, then we, we can't do that. So Tara and Jen, I know, both have registration forms. So just want to encourage you, make sure you find one of the men. You can't go. This is a women's only event. The way you can go is that Jen's like, I was expecting a man to go. <laughs> Jen, wrong conference. Wrong conference, Jen. Lord, she's got everyone's attention. So if Jen usually waves the American flag at some point. And, and you all are chuckling, but man, when she does it, she's making a prophecy of, of one nation under God walking in freedom. I want to see that in here, Jen. I'm, I'm working on my American flag. The best part is that it starts tonight with a pre-encounter. And so I'm, I'm encouraging you, if you are wanting to go, you have to sign up. we got to know that you're coming because we tell people an official tomorrow. But Tara's echoing tonight at 4 o'clock. There's the worship time, 4.30. There's a sharing time so that you can be prepared. Now, um, over the last three months, many of you have been out traveling. The Rosaleses stand up. There's people that have been in Croatia stand up. Some of you in Kaiafa, you went traveling over spring break. Quickly, one, two, three, stand up. Don't leave the Rosaleses by themselves. Where's Allison Keys? Maybe she, oh, she's back here. Rick is standing, kind of. Mitch is somewhere standing. All of these people, <laughs> stay standing. All of these people went out. It required that they boarded an airplane. Um, it also required finances. And so um, being the great black and white administrator that I am, I said, I'm going to believe in faith that we're going to come up with $2,500 to help these different people go. Um, and so today we're going to take an offering to prove my prophecy correct. Okay? Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. Uh, these are people that went out and said, hey, we want to go, and we want to go as part of Dwelling Place. We as elders believe for them, and we release them to go. Uh, and we put our money where our mouth was, and well, where your mouth is. And so um, I'm going to ask you, we're going to pass the baskets today. We're going to sow into our, our, our body. It's really replenishing what Tulio took from Paul uh, to, to make that work. But uh, would you help me with that today? You make those checks uh, payable to dwelling places. It's, it's 100% of it goes to what was going out, out of the building. We have forwarded the agape um, uh, offering until next month because that's what the Lord said to do. Three, four. Oh, I know what I'm forgetting. There are some other opportunities. I see here uh, we have a Wojo Workday coming up, another way to sow into the body, April the 25th. We have a, um, the Agape Home Offering, which I mentioned. Micah's Backpack, we're serving there on May 14th. There's a sign-up. We need at least seven people to go stuff backpacks for kids. You know what happens? There's kids whose parents don't take care of them. And, this, and the school system has joined with the churches, and the churches are sending home backpacks full of food with pop tops and things that are single service. And those kids, some of them, they keep that backpack in their closet 
so their parents don't sell that food for something that they don't need. And then that kid has meals all the way through the weekend. Probably, I would say, over 5,000 backpacks just in our in our new river valley. And it's an opportunity. We get to stuff those backpacks and pray for God to meet those kids in that backpack. We pray that parents are going to meet those kids and houses are going to be changed. Amen. Lord, we thank you today as, as, as we give, Lord, that we sow into the kingdom. This is a time for us to sow into our, our family that's going out. Micah's backpack's a way to invest in this community the wojos are worthy of the investment. And so, Lord, we, we sow today into good soil. Amen? Okay. All right. Um, how's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to be here. So, Marcy and I are excited to share with you guys something we think is going to be big. Um, in, in your seats, there was a flyer, looks like that, that Kim Bonner, who is with our DP Artisans, um, did an amazing job uh, um, putting that together. And so we, we were just really excited. We want to invite you, especially even the Smith Mountain Lake uh, crew, and, but, and also our body, we want to invite you to uh, attend the Empowered by His Presence conference. So it's going to be on June the 12th and 13th of, uh, in June. So we've heard a lot about Bethel Church over the last five, ten years. If you haven't, um, on a weekly basis, they're seeing um, blind see, deaf hear, lame walk, uh, glory clouds. I mean, it, it's some really cool stuff that they're seeing. But, but from what I've talked to people there, it really comes down to the two reasons I, I feel like they're seeing some amazing things. Is one, they've, they've learned how to um, experience the presence of God in just a manifested way. But also, they've learned to... Um, move out from that place of rest and that place of love and move out and affect the community around them. So they've, they've learned both of those things. Now, the speakers that are coming, are um, they're, com- they're flying in from California. They're hopefully going to bring a team with them. Is Joaquin and Renee Evans. Uh, they are, have been instrumental in this movement out in Bethel. Uh, Joaquin actually started the healing rooms uh, at Bethel and, and works with the Bethel Activation Ministries now. So uh, and the bio, their bio is coming in that flyer. So uh, during the conference, we will be trained and equipped to experience more of the presence of God and also will be activated in how to display God's goodness in our, in our community. And um, so we, our heart is that this will be a time of activation. This last two months, three months, we've been, we've been given some amazing um, Lessons about the presence of God, about the kingdom of God, and that will continue the next couple months. But we feel like this is a time that is strategic, really, for our body and for our community. Because it's going to be a time of activation and a time for us to just receive the gifts and the callings of God upon our life and to, and to walk that out and, how, and learn really how to walk that out. So, and, and I guarantee you, if I know Joaquin, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm telling you, it, it, dude, it is a lot of fun. And uh, he, he just is good. So we're going to um, show just maybe like a 30-second clip of him uh, ministering. I think he's in Aus- Austria at this point. And then Marcy's going to kind of uh, tell you a little bit about the registration process.
Who wants to display his goodness? Yes. This is for everybody. This isn't just for people who feel called to healing. This is for you, whatever your gifts, whatever title we may hide under, it's for everybody. Because he wants, he wants to help us enjoy the presence of God. I get the nuts and bolts part. Registration is required. Not the way we usually do it. And I'm real serious. The reason is we're expecting this to be a very, very large gathering. And so we want DP folks, all of us, to have first opportunity to register. If we're sold out, it's free. But if we don't have seats, you're going to have to not be able to register. So please, take the opportunity today Register with the form you have. Because it's expected to be as large as it is, we aren't going to be able to have child care. And so if you bring your children, there's two requirements. One, you must pre-register them before bringing them. And two, keep them at your arm's reach. But for the youth and for the um, middle schoolers, oh, you have a special opportunity. Joaquin and his wife and maybe the team will be meeting with you by yourselves Saturday evening for six, uh, 30, 45 minutes, and you will have some one-on-one -on -one time with them. That's awesome. So please, please register. Please do it so you won't be left out if it goes on your get-to-it list and you never do. We want you here. Because God, I think, I think I know, he wants you here. Please register. And put it in the offering plate. Yeah. As we transition, uh, um, it's precious uh, Joseph, when we were up front, Joe was carrying him, he says, he whispers over him, he says, can I tell, can I tell everybody, I don't know, what did he say, Jesus loves you? Is that what he said? Um which was really, really cool. Um, but who, who was that for? Raise your hand if you would. I just want to pray on top of that. Just hold your hand up, please. Don't be, I mean, who was that really for? Hold your hand up, please. Keep it up. If you raised your hand up. I know that, I'm, I'm just talking about when he said that, it just really, something inside you just touched. Just raise your hand, okay? Let's, uh, those around these people, lay hands on them real quick, and I'm just going to pray. Okay? Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, out of, the, out of the mouth of children, Lord, come massive revelation and truth. And Lord, what greater truth than we can we have than you love us? Lord, you commended your love toward us, and then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave. Lord, these brothers and sisters, Lord, who you are just wanting to impart and them to know without a shadow of a doubt, they're loved. Lord, a love that casts out all fear, a love that, that empowers their faith, Lord, a love that never fails, a love, a love that is the perfect bond of unity. I speak into them, Lord, your love, your love, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, you know, we're supposed to continue on the series of, uh, in relationship to, uh, um, oh, by the way,
also, we need to pray before the end of the service. Yesterday afternoon, about 5.30, I was talking to Mark Acock on the phone just about sending uh, Ely, a guy, a pastor from Beirut, Lebanon, is here with us right now, uh, with George down to Big Stone. And about 15 minutes later, I get a phone call from Jared. Jared going, hey, uh, I heard Mark was in a, a, a motorcycle wreck. And I'm going, what? You know, no, I can't be. You know, I said, I just talked to him on the phone. And so anyway, uh, come find out, right after he talked to me, he gets on a motorcycle, and he, he had bought, just bought a big Harley a couple of weeks ago, and he's going down the road, hit gravel, and got flung through a, a fence. And so Jared and I went down there last night, and he's in the hospital, uh, uh, five, seven broken ribs in all, uh, maybe an arm and leg. They did x-rays on it this morning. He's got punctured lung and liver. And uh, so we're just believing healing over him in the name of Jesus. And so y'all get a chance. We just pray right now, Lord, healing on comfort over Mark. Right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray comfort in Heather, Lord, who's carrying a baby. And, Lord, I just comfort her and strengthen her in the name of Jesus, Lord. So we pray healing into Mark in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you know, I'm from Florida. And uh, one of the things that we have in Florida often are hurricanes. And one of the things that's kind of different for hurricanes than like where Paula's from in Alabama where they had tornadoes in northern Alabama. Southern Alabama can have hurricanes. Uh, but uh, is that hurricanes, you got a lot, a lot of warning. In fact, it kind of drove Paula crazy, the first hurricane that we faced because she was so used to tornadoes. You know, when they tornadoed, you get a warning on tornado, we're talking about a matter of seconds and minutes that you need to respond. But a hurricane, it's days, you know. And, uh, and so the Lord just really just had me this morning just speak a word about warning. Deviating from the kingdom of God is such a, such a you know, we're going to finish that. But the Lord just really said, you need to warn the people. And sort of one word you could title this message, we have it, Jeff, uh, we could call it, uh, storm warning. But the thing that the Lord will impress her is there's a pressure on our lives, and many of you are experiencing a pressure that you don't know what it is. And uh, one of the things that the Lord is telling me, and, uh, and so I really speak apostolically today, is that there is a pressure on your lives that you need to be aware of, and it's the spirit of Antichrist. That you need to be aware of what's going on and how it's affecting. Now, many times when people think of the spirit of Antichrist, they think end times. But this is not necessarily the case. And we'll look at that in a few minutes. But I just, God is just saying he, you need to be aware and take action. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 7 talks about it. And I don't have the past scripture up there for it. But, but it says, um, resist the devil and he must flee from you. Well, the interesting thing about that Greek word resist, it's not a word like where you rebuke or, or you know, chase after or anything like that. It just literally means stand against. Like in, America, in uh, Florida, when you have a hurricane, you just, okay, you get everything loose and you fix things down where they can't be blown all around. And so, and that's sort of what God's saying in this, okay, there's some things happening that you need to know how to stand against because you're going to feel some pressure and probably many of you, as we start going through this, you'll realize you have been feeling this pressure and did not know what it was. And, but when we're talking about the spirit of Antichrist, we're talking about something very powerful 
but we need to understand what's going on. Now, let's look at Ephesians 6.12 so you can understand what I'm saying and lay us a, a brief foundation of Ephesians 6.12 for we, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, we've looked at this past scripture many times, but is against rulers, Greek word arche, and power is not a good translation. The Greek word for power is dunamis. The Greek word here, here is exousia, meaning authority. Power has to do with a force. Authority has to do with a right. Well, it's the Greek word here, authority. It should be authority here. But, so, but our struggle is against rulers, demonic rulers over specific areas and regions, as like you can see in Daniel chapter 10, the prince of Persia. Authorities. Authorities are demonic spirits or entities that gain legal right for a specific purpose. They've got a right to function and uh, and different, different whole thing. So what? Rulers and authorities. Where? Spiritual, I'm sorry, not spiritual, but against the world's forces of this darkness, okay? There is a demonic army arrayed in this world. Those are world forces. They're either rulers, they're either authorities, and where? Spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. So you've got rulers and authorities also functioning in the heavenlies. So what? Rulers and authorities. Where? World forces in this darkness. Spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies. Okay? So, so what am I talking about when I'm talking about spirit of Antichrist? Because there's four major demonic spirits functioning now. I'm talking about major ones. It's the spirit of apostasy, like you can see that spoken of in First, First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse one. For in the last days, uh, the spirit explicitly says many will fall away from the faith. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one talks about how uh, that apostasy must come first. Apostasy means falling away, and that's where you see in our country today. You see a, a country and a people falling away from the values. There's the spirit of Jezebel, which is it's abuse of authority, mistrust of authority, where there's been a, a male, usually it's in, a, in relationship to females, and where males have abused authority, and uh, there's a response in the females to really question and rise up against it. And also the spirit of Absalom, which is also a facet of the abuse of authority. It's a diversion of authority. And we don't have time to talk about these, but what, and the spirit of Antichrist. These four spirits, that they are major at work in this in this realm, in this season, in this time. And, uh, you know, in fact, you can see like the spirit of Jezebel, Jesus spoke of it in, um, in Revelations chapter 2 or 3. My mind's gone blank right now on that. But anyway, now what am I trying to say this when I talk about the spirit of Antichrist and, and these four spirits? If you'll notice in your notes, and goes to the next slide, what happens, these four prominent demonic spirits that are work seek to create spiritual pressures or environments to push us into specific things. Go to the next slide, and what you'll see is that uh, what these rulers, and notice the line at the top, rulers and authorities seek to create environments so as to tempt, accuse, deceive, or enslave us. In fact, all the working of the enemy breaks down in those four areas. Tempt, deceive, accuse, or enslave. And... Uh, and so when we're talking about the spirit of Antichrist, what it's doing is trying to create an environment. An environment. Or, or another way to think of it is pressure to create pressure so that 
You may be tempted. You may experience deception. You may experience accusation or, in the end, enslavement in some way, shape, or form. And that's what happens in these spiritual environments. Like in Luke twenty-two forty, Jesus is talking about, I'm sorry, yeah, there. He arrived at that place and he said to them, this is right at the, at the, in the garden, and he said, pray that you may not enter into temptation. See, what Jesus was telling the disciples, you know, here he is, he's there, and Satan is coming in him full force. Where it talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if the rulers of this world would have known what was going on, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. They're all out of slot, on, on slot toward the Messiah is being raised up. And the spiritual environment was great, and Jesus said, you need to pray so that you won't enter in temptation. Temptation, let me just speak this real quick. Temptation is a Greek word that means to pass through. It, a good word pictures doorway. When you, somebody experiences a temptation, it's Satan putting a doorway for you so that you can pass through into sin. And so that's what Jesus is saying here. Look out. There's an environment trying to push you through a door. So when I start talking about the spirit of Antichrist, what I'm talking about is there's an environment, there's a pressure out here to push you and I through specific types of doors. And you'll see what those are here in a few minutes. <clears throat> so let's look at some past scripture when we're talking about the spirit of Antichrist. Because the thing that gets, that gets frustrating is many times we think about the Antichrist, we think about the period of wrath or judgment, the seven years that, that the book of Revelations talks about. But it's much bigger than that. And let's look at these past scriptures in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, and even now many Antichrists have appeared. Example, Hitler. Well, if he's not an Antichrist, I don't know what ain't. And down through the years and centuries, you have seen these, the spirit of Antichrist come up and really somebody giving way into them, and it manifests in physical form. In, in Revelations chapter, I can't remember, it's 13.8 or 17.8, it talks about the Antichrist. It says, he was, is not, and is about to come. See, Jesus, he was, he is, and is to come. He does not ever cease to function. But the spirit of Antichrist was, he'll make these manifest, he'll manifest, is not, he doesn't work all the time and is about to come. And it will be fully manifested during this seven-year period of judgment and wrath. But let's go to this next one. And it's very important we pick this because in the previous passage, it's talking about Antichrist. It's talking about like men or women who, man, uh, who will, the spirit of Antichrist just really just functions through. But there's something different for us. And I want you to watch this in 4.3. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Now watch this. It says, Of which you have heard that it is coming and is not now already at work, already in the world. Now, the first passage is talking about people in relationship to Antichrist, like Hitler or the person who will get 666. But this is talking about a spirit. The spirit of Antichrist. And that's what I'm talking about today. Now, I do not know if it's connected to the big one, 666. 
there are some clues that I think that could be that it's sort of like a tidal wave that I understand many times. A tidal wave does not just necessarily come with a, a big wall of water like a tsunami would be, but sometimes it just, it's just like the water just keeps rising, keeps rising, and that's maybe what's happening. We'll maybe see. I don't know. If that tells me, if that's the case, that tells me that we can start rapture praxis, you know, but, but, um, but you know, I'm not trying to speak on eschatology today. And so make sure that you separate that out here. So we're talking about the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard and that is coming and now is already at work or in the world. Now, okay, now, now when I say the spirit of Antichrist, what's the significance of it? There's two things. There are many different, not many, there are a number of characteristics of which the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist can affect. But the Lord told me to focus on two. Well, really three, sorry. Two categories, which one of the categories has two things in it. First one is, let's go on here. It's the first one is the spirit of Antichrist is manifesting itself and that you're seeing a disdain for Israel. Now I want you to notice this passage in Revelation 12, 13. That's talking about Satan. And the spirit of Antichrist is, the major thing is Satan. Okay? And notice this characteristic here. The great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who was called the devil, and Satan. Okay, and then you'd see the dot, dot. That was verse 3. I just want you to know when it talks about the dragon, who it's talking about, it's talking about the devil. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Now, y'all, for 2,000 years, there has not been a people group more persecuted and sought out by the devil than the Jews. It has not gotten less, it's getting what? Worse. The reason why the Lord told me to speak this today, one of the reasons is, is that first time in our country that we're seeing a, a flip in relationship to our government. Now, I'm not talking about political, geopolitical things right now. I'm not, I'm not getting messed up in that right now. But what I am talking about this is about the Jewish people. And there better be in our hearts, in our country, a valuing and a mercy given to the Jews. When I see it in our country, uh, this disdain in relationship to the Jews, I'm going, this is not cool. This is not cool. When I see our president um, really just, I mean, you got ISIS. you got ISIS over here, y'all, that is killing people left and right. And you got Iran who, dude, I mean, let me tell you something. I mean, just last week or so, they're, they're putting Christians in prison and killing Christians. And we're seeing our president writing love letters to Iran. And, but, and then he's writing these crazy things about the prime minister of, of Israel. I'm going, y'all, what is that? I'm going to be honest with you. What I believe it is, is the spirit of Antichrist manifest in our country. You need, and I need to be aware of it. And so, and like I said, I mean, we're not just talking, y'all. We're not talking about little stuff here. I mean, we're talking about real stuff. Now, let's go on. So, the first characteristic that you see when you, one of the things that happen in relation to the Antichrist is this disdain for the Jewish people, and we'll talk about that a little later. But the second thing I want you to catch about the spirit of Antichrist, which is, 
one of the main things is in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, where he's talking about this prophetic word about the Antichrist. And notice what it says here. He will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints. Curious question. In real. Don't, I'm not fishing for something, but just really curious question. How many of us in this room have felt worn out? Raise your hands. Y'all, I'm not saying it's for every situation in this room, but it'd be interesting to me to know if I could take heaven's view and look down and see how much of us in here are tired and weary because of the demonic effect of the spirit of Antichrist. I mean, why is this? I'm going to flip this around because how it speaks here about uh, accused against the Most High and then wear out the saints. That is the assignment of the spirit of Antichrist. And why is it important? Let's just focus on that first if you'll notice in your notes. And uh, weariness is a is in Christians is the goal of the spirit of Antichrist. Why is that the dangers? Let's look at some passages of Scripture here. In the next slide, Jesus says, Keep on the alert at all times, praying that you might have the strength to escape all these things that are about to take place. And this is talking about the end times. And uh, now, y'all, um, let me just put this commercial, and you know this, that... that uh, um, that I've said this many times from this front, but let me repeat it again because some of you have not heard me. Seeing turmoil in the Middle East and in the world is not a sign that the end is near. Because Jesus said there'll be wars and rumors of wars, and these things must come to play, come to pass. It's not wars that get my attention and troubles and earthquakes and all or bad things or whatever. That's the, that don't get that don't focus me. You know, it gets me as 1 Thessalonians 5.1 when it says when they're saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon you. When I hear our country seeking to make peace with communist uh, Iran, I'm going peace and safety? Now, y'all, if, just if, you can say you heard it here first. <laughs> if peace gets established with Iran. If, if our country is able to say, okay, peace with Israel. You better start rapture practice. I'm telling you. Because they are saying peace and safety. Oh, look what is happening in the world today. Peace and safety. <laughs> Glory to God. When we get to heaven, I'll tell you so. i say, I told you that. <laughs> or maybe you say, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, uh, is, uh, is what happens when this weariness comes, like Jesus is saying here, that you may have the strength to escape or the strength to stand. That's why Satan is, is really coming after us. You just don't feel like you can do anything. And that's what happens when the, when the spirit of Antichrist affects. You just, you don't have the strength to deal with things. I, I was telling Paula just recently, and I tell him with the guys, I'm going, y'all, there's things happening around me that I, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, I'd just go, let's get it done. Let's just do it. Let's get it done. And I don't have the strength to get it done. 
And, uh, and so there's a couple of reasons, but one of the reasons is, is, what, is what I'm talking about here today. And so Satan is attacking us to get weariness on our souls to steal our strength. Why is another reason? Look in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. From the flesh, he reaps corruption. The one who out of the Spirit, the one who sows to the Spirit, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. But look at this. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we'll reap if we do not grow weary. How many miracles have we come close to? How many breakthroughs in situations were right there, but we grew weary? They were right there. Satan knows that if we grow weary, it's the possibility that we'll lose the fruit and the blessing that God is trying to give to us. If we give in to the weariness that the spirit of Antichrist is assigned into us to take from us, we can lose things that are right there for us. When things get craziest in the world, that's the destiny for the church to shine the brightest. And you and your work or wherever, school or wherever it may be, when situations get the hardest, you know, that's it, you know. And so, you know, uh, one of the things that, uh, that I, you know, to see happening so much, how hard it is just to name the name of Jesus in places. And, and you know, it's okay to say God or or something else, but don't say Jesus. You know, wow, that's the spirit of Antichrist against that force, trying to steal the fruit and the blessings in our lives to cause weariness to affect our souls. Well, where's weariness come from in this situation? Now, I'm noticing your notes there, and I'll show it on the slide. I've got it written on the slide up here. Where Look at the top. It says, weariness is from a lack of strength. Okay? Well, lack of strength is from what? A lack of joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. One of the things that I really, be honest with you, that uh, you may have sensed something since I've come back from Croatia. There's something that is stirring in me in a particular area. But one of the things that Mitch and I talked a lot about when we were in Croatia was the Croatian church. Is, has faced a lot of adversity. I mean, Pastor Shishko, who comes here, and we're blessed to have him, a guy who was faced and thrown in prison and jail many times for preaching the gospel, you know, even back in the communist days. And the, and the religious institution that functions in Croatia today is, has threatened them physically and, and persecute them much. But this people is a people, the church in Croatia stands strong, but one of the things that's strong about them is their ability of joy to the Lord. Joy of the Lord is their strength. And they choose to rejoice. Emil and Rana. When you remember when Emil and Rana was here? In the midst of a war zone. They're going, what do we do when we get together? Party! I'm going, wait a minute. Don't you know there's a war out there? Don't you know there's bombs falling? No. But you know what? When the Word of God says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. In other words, rejoice. We go, well, let me wait till I feel like it. No, no, no. Dude, that's when, like Mitch and I, y'all heard me say this, and 
Pastor Shishko, I was getting ready to do this conference, about 70 people. It was just leaders. I'm going to do this thing on strongholds and freedom. And, uh, and Pastor Shishko takes the microphone and he says, okay, let's just give thanks to the Lord. The whole place stands up and erupts. Oh, yes, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Woo! You're going, whoa. Why? They're rejoicing in the Lord, giving thanks, offering up the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. The enemy's trying to steal your joy. Because why? If he steals your joy, he makes you, he steals your strength. If he steals your strength, he's got you weary. And so anyway, where, where does joy? Let's take it from. One is the choice of us to rejoice in the Lord. But the second thing that really that it comes from is, and go to the next slide, is the joy, which is always a lack of faith. Like in this passage in Romans 15, 13. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in what? Believing. If he can steal your faith, he steals your joy. If he steals your joy, he stole your strength. If he stole your strength, you're weary. So we're thinking about this highly sophisticated demonic spirit, the spirit of Antichrist. Well, you know the main thing it's after? is to make you weary. He's targeting your joy. Well, how he does it? It's still your faith. Like Psalm 33, 21, I believe it is, where it says, My heart rejoices in him because I trust in his holy name. You know, there's so much in this thing about just the faith and just, God, I want you. One, about two or three years ago, you know, uh, it's one of those hot summers. You know, it was, you remember a couple, three years ago, that was really hot. And, uh, and God has blessed Paul and I with these two cool dogs, uh, loving kindness and mercy, you know, called Gracie and Eli. You know, surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow you all the days of your life. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I pull up at the house late at night. I'm driving. I turn the corner into our, you know, just about 100 yards from our house, and I turn the corner, and there's Gracie and Eli at the top spinning around and jumping up and down and following my car into the garage, and there they are. It's so cool. Well, one, when this summer, one particular summertime, for some reason, you know, we had the six-wheeler, and somebody, was taking, somebody guests were there, and we were going to take the guests up to the top of the mountain. And so I think I, what it is, it had the six-wheeler just completely full. And so anyway, so I just said, well, we're just going to leave Gracie and Eli here because we can't keep putting them in the six-wheeler with all this. Well, anyway, you know, it's a pretty long trip up to the top of the mountain, you know, for, from the bottom. Well, we get up top, and it's hot. It really is hot that day. And all of a sudden, I look up, and here comes walking Gracie up the, up the road. And I'm going... Gracie, what do you, you know, why don't you stay at home? And then I'm going, and I'm going, wait a minute. If Gracie's here, where's Eli? And I looked up and coming, this God's honest truth. I'm not exaggerating this all. I looked up, and here's Eli crawling. I mean, he is like on his stomach, and he is crawling to get to me. And I'm going, I ran over there, and I picked him up, and I put him in the back of the six-wheeler. We carried him down and put him in the middle of the creek, you know, because I just knew he was just, he was dealing with heat exhaustion. But I'm going, God, let it be 
that birthed in me that when I'm weary, I don't quit. I go hard after you, God. Because Eli and Gracie are saying in their heart, I want to be with Rick. I want to be with Rick. Well, let my heart say the same thing, Lord. I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Devil going to steal my joy, make me worry? Well, let me say something. I'm going for my father. If I have to crawl on my belly, Lord, let it birth in me. The heart of Eli. <laughs> you know. And so, you know, so anyway, well, how, you know, so yeah, I, uh, there's a hint here that what I'm telling you is that, that how Satan... His goal is to make us weary. Well, how, I told you there, how he makes you weary is the main way he makes you weary is he steals your joy. And the way he steals your joy is he steals your faith. Because joy is a spiritual emotion of faith, either believing or trusting. But how does he do it? And remember the Daniel 7.25 passage where he, the Antichrist, will literally... Uh, we don't have that passage. Can you scroll back till we find that, Jeff, please? Right there. Thank you, Jeff. He will speak out against the Most High. Now, y'all, this is interesting. When the Antichrist bodily manifests itself, he'll do it. He will declare blasphemies against God. But how does he function now? In the courtroom of heaven, he does not speak out against God. Let me tell you something. In the courtroom of heaven, nobody speaks out against God. Well, how does he do it? He invites us to participate with him. Literally, if you'll notice in the notes there, accusations and doubt about God conning us to accuse God of. Now, let's look at these. There's four areas that the Lord just highlighted in my heart to bring up to you. First off, conning us to accuse God of his weakness and his, his inability to take care of us. Notice this. Psalm 78 passage. They spoke against God saying, can God prepare a table before us in the wilderness? I don't know what situation you may be in, but let me ask you this. Have you entertained thoughts going, can God deal with my situation? Can God? Can God? Can God make Jim empower Jim to walk? Can God pay my bills? Can God? If You've been entertaining those thoughts. Guess what? Guess where that's coming from? That's pressure from the spirit of Antichrist having an effect. The second way, notice this one. Conning us to accuse God of being the taker. That's one of the things in our church that we try to really focus on. That God's not the taker, but God is the giver of life. Notice this. The, Lord, the sons of Israel said to them, Would that we have died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. You know, get this. For you brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. God will get you. God will get you. I remember down in Big Stone Gap, hearing these phrases preached talk. You better watch out. God's going to bust you with a bolt of lightning, brother. God's going to get you. Prepare to meet your God. Ha ha. Repent. You know. And I'm going, prepare to meet your God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know. Because why? These people would fear that because God's the taker. He's not the giver of life. That's the spirit of Antichrist trying to affect our world today. What happened when you heard the, the Satan manipulates and causes twin towers to be bombed and all of a sudden you're going, Christians verbalizing God's judgment, God doing this. 
33 people killed at Virginia Tech. God did it. God did it. That's what Satan doing. That's, he'll do something destructive and going, it wasn't me, it's God. And our insurance policy, read our insurance policies. Act of God. <laughs> Scribble it out. Act of devil. Sorry about that. <laughs> Act of God. I'm blessed. How about that? I ain't going to give into that Antichrist spirit, blaming God. How about this in Numbers 11.4? Like this one, conning us to accuse God that he does not care. Get this one. The rabble who were among them had greedy desires and also the sons of Israel wept, saying, who will give us our meat to eat? We're on our own. You ever felt alone? Thought you were on your own? You know, God has said he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. How many times Paul and I felt like we were in situations where we're going, God, where are you at? Where are you? Where are you? Goes to this one. Notice the next one. Conning us to accuse God that he is indifferent with our lives and in our lives. And notice what it says. It will come about that at time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps. I will punish the men who are stagnant in spirit. What makes you stagnant in spirit? What makes you stagnant in spirit? What makes you weary? What makes you stagnant in spirit? Who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good or evil. When you know God is the good giver of life, there will be joy. When you know that he causes all things to work together for good, you'll stand in the midst of hell. I can think back in the times of my life that how I've heard this this. Satan accusing God in my heart like the time I'm sitting there watching Bud and Mom dying and I'm hearing in my heart, where's your God now? Where's your God? Where's your God? Or the time that in Big Stone Gap when, when I had failed and made, quote, failed, saying that, made a mistake, and all of a sudden I'm entering the, the thoughts, God's forgotten me, God's forsaken me. I'm entertaining those thoughts. Where do you think those came from? Or just many other mistakes in my life, thinking that I'm just too far gone. I, you know, I've blown it now. That's it. Or I'm alone. I'm in it. You know, no, this Satan just putting those accusations. And y'all, you may not verbalize these, but y'all, we know that in Ecclesiastes chapter three. I'm sorry, not Ecclesiastes chapter three. Ecclesiastes chapter five. It's not just the words that you speak or the actions that get you in trouble. It's the thoughts that can get you in trouble. In fact, words and actions are not the things that give me the biggest problem. It's the thoughts that I deal with that give me the biggest problem. The accusations you entertain about God are the thoughts that you're dealing with. And, and many of these thoughts that you're getting are not you. They're literally a spirit of darkness. That's why it says in, a he, in Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, okay? And it goes on to talk about taking up the shield of faith. Take out the shield of faith. Take it up, which is able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. When the enemy starts shooting those accusational thoughts at God, the thing that God's saying to us today, resist, resist, because I'm warning you right now, I'm warning you, the spirit of Antichrist is at work now and will increase. So know that these thoughts... Can I, can I ask this question? 
I mean, just being real. You know, dwelling place is a place that we're just all about being real. Just these four categories. In your hearts, any, anybody that's heard or entertained or just heard these thoughts in their mind can say within the last six months, raise your hand, please, and I'm raising my hand. These are real. And these are real. And so, uh, so what do we do about it? And notice in the third thing that God's saying about overcoming the pressures of the spirit of Antichrist. Now, again, I want to take this and reiterate what I'm saying. Demonic, demonic entities, rulers or authorities, what they're trying to do is create environments or pressure. And, and pressure in a particular area either to tempt you, to lead you through a doorway, or accuse you, or deceive you, or enslave you. So that's what these, these pressures are doing. You know, it's like a doorway. Think of doorway as a temptation. You know, and that's what it, that's like I just said, doorway of temptation. And feel like it like this. And Satan's wanting to, to tempt us with evil, to get us passed through the door into evil. And so what he'll do is, sometimes that spiritual force gets very strong. And it's like standing in a, in a room that's got one of these big fans, like a, you know, you know, like uh, some of these buildings that are um, air inflated, you know. And if all of a sudden you open these doors up, you could feel this vacuum of air. I don't know which way it would go, but air would go which ways? Out. Yeah. <laughs> Suck you out of the place and pretend the thing's the Lord and you want to be in. But what Satan would try to do is suck you out. And it's just like so much pressure. Sometimes it just feels like it just pulls you right through the door. That can be this environment that we're talking about, to get us to accuse God, to try to cause environments to occur. But how do we stand? The first thing that the Lord really, I just want to speak, is to a body into us, is if you'll notice your notes there, let's go on this one, a heart of mercy and compassion toward the Jewish people. There's been some things that the eldership has been doing and also inviting other people in our body who have a heart for Israel to pursue some things. And, uh, and we're taking serious this. You know, you know my heart is to minister even to the, Jew, the, the Arabs. You know, I mean, that's where I go. Uh, I can't go to Israel if I want go to, to go to uh, the Syria and Jordan and Lebanon. I'm believing I'll go back to Syria, but I can't, right this season, can't go there. But so I know that, that God's called me to that place. So I'm not speaking, I'm not in relationship to the, any other. But one thing is just that I believe without ministering to others, we've got to keep a focus on. Because like I say in here, a heart of mercy and compassion toward the Jewish peoples. Notice this passage in, in, uh, in Romans 11. This is the whole deal about Israel being grafted off, gra- I mean, torn, graft, torn off, broken off from the vine, and then being, us being grafted on into the, to the, to the vine or not bind the, the branch, the tree, where the branch is branching the tree. Notice what it says here at the end of it. So these, the Jews, also now have been disobedient. They're the one, they, they crucified the Lord. I mean, that's how I don't care how you slice it. Five times Peter speaks it in the first four or five chapters of Acts. Stephen speaks it really strong in Acts chapter 7. Uh, the ruler that's in that season. And notice what it says here. Now have been disobedient that mercy might be shown to us, the Gentiles. They were torn off so we could be grafted in. 
But notice the next phrase. They also, God's heart, may also be shown mercy. Now, I want to share this passage, not this, but in Isaiah, Israel had sinned against the Lord, and he turned them over to Babylon. Is that Isaiah 47? I can't remember. Is that 47? Anyway, God turned them over to Babylon. Interesting thing, at the end of that period of time that he turned them over to Babylon, all of a sudden God prophesies through Isaiah to the Babylonians. He says, paraphrases, you're going to be judged. And everything's going to be taken from you. Because you did not show mercy to my people who I delivered into your hands. See, the reality was Israel was disobedient to the Lord. They operated in unbelief toward the Messiah who came. They were torn off. But in, and literally what has happened is Israel has been turned over to the nations. And God's saying, if you do not operate toward my people with mercy, I will also, the judgment, judge you for that. And so really, literally... Y'all, I just want to say that as we hear of things in this season that things are rising up against the Jewish people, we better stand up. We better stand up. Uh, I heard, you know, this, that shooting that happened in Paris. I heard uh, one day right after that shooting, there was, a, uh, there was this, this event was observed. Uh, there was a a Jewish man walking down the streets of Paris and a, an Arab family walking on the other side of the, of near where the Jewish man was. And, uh, and one, it was overheard the kid speak to his parents. Doesn't he know that he's just going to be slaughtered? See, there's a lot of places in the world today the only mindset is about the Jews that's going to be slaughtered. They're going to be slaughtered. Well, the church of Jesus Christ has got to have a heart of mercy and compassion toward the Jewish peoples. So, you know, because the pressure against that is the spirit of Antichrist. All right, now let's go on with the second, the second character in relationship more in our hearts, also about our situations, overcoming the pressures of the spirit of Antichrist. Um, holding to the beliefs and confessions that now, y'all, if it's good, if you turn on your turn on the other side. Y'all, I'm not big about, I have been in my latter days big about chasing demons. When in doubt, cast it out, you know, find it. Demon, cast a demon out in any bush, you know. Anybody tell me they got a spirit, it'd be a joy. Oh, okay, we can cast that out, you know. I mean, so, but you know. The biggest thing about spiritual warfare you can do is submit to God and resist the devil and he must flee. The biggest thing you can do in spiritual warfare is to submit to God. Proverbs 18.10 says this, The name of the Lord is a what? Strong tower. And the righteous run into it and are safe. Well, y'all, in uncertain times, the place to run is into the name of the Lord. And what does the name of the Lord mean? Nature and character. And so, y'all, I'm telling you that the spirit of Antichrist is trying to affect you, is trying to get you to accuse God. Well, let's just go the other way. Let's stand against. He's trying to get us to con God, to accuse God, con us into accusing God. 
I'm sorry, you're going to have to look somewhere else to accuse God. Let's believe together. And so let's just make these confessions together. Okay, y'all? So let's, let's just confess these passages, all right? Will y'all just agree with me? We can read this. And so he, him, let's go. he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I forsake you, so that we will confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can a man do to me? That's, that's truth, huh? Second one. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. God is greater. Romans 8, 28. No matter circumstance you may face or whatever, guess what? Let's read it. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who call according to His purpose. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 32. He did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him over for us all. How will He not also with Him freely give us all things? God, let that sink into my heart. Freely give me all things. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to generate it. I don't have to get coupon stamps. I don't have to get enough little stars, you know. Stamps. I was in my mind when I was in Sunday school. When you'd go to Sunday school back in the you know, good, old, good old days, you'd get the stars if you memorize enough scriptures and, you know. You remember, do y'all remember the offering envelopes that where you could check down at the bottom? You know, you tried to get 100%. Did you bring your Bible? Did you go to Sunday school? Did you go? God wants to give me, even if I didn't do any of those things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mitchie Poo. Amy, can you, uh, Amy, can you come up, please? So, uh, there's been some different things that have been going on here this morning. Um, even last night on the ride with Rick, I kept asking, so God, where do we end up at tomorrow? Because well, we were talking about the Antichrist and things like that in the car. And I'm like, so where do we end up at in this, God, to give some hope? Well, and what it feels like is that this morning the phrase is just continues to be running through my head. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one enters into the Father except for through Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father. Um, there's a reality that it's, there's a weariness. It, it's, it's hard right now not to grow weary in doing good. Um, it pulls us to a place to where we, we feel like there's no hope in chasing anymore. Because we don't see anything changing. Um, I don't know, but I'm, I'm really tired of living defensively of trying to build up walls and just stay in my house and make sure that everything's okay, to make sure that my life's secure. Um, I believe that what he's drawing us to is the place of don't grow weary and do good. And he's not asking about big things. He's asking about even small places to step out. In John 15, it talks about abiding in the vine, to go and give the love that's been freely given, to just show love. There's a place that we in this that... I'm not saying that we go out and we start fighting back and we start warring against all, these, all this craziness. But very simply, as Rick said, let's go speak love. Let's declare love. All these things are present in the earth. All these things are coming. 
God has not abandoned us. He has never abandoned the earth. He will not abandon the earth. He will not leave us to this place to where we're just out here just getting beat to death. He will not abandon the earth. And there's a place in our heart that I just feel like the Lord is drawing us back to. Do not grow weary in doing good. Know that He's with you. Know that He never leaves. He'll never forsake you. He will not abandon us. There's always an opportunity. We were speaking during worship about the kingdom of God. There's always an opportunity. Lord, what are you doing? How can I be a part of your kingdom today? How can I see your kingdom come to earth? There's always something to look for. The Lord's not asking us to take this big, huge leap and jump over a 50-foot gorge. He's asking us to take a small step. Kim came up here and she said, the things that are in your heart, the things that are in there, step out and try them. You don't have to be good at it. Just step out and try it. The promise is, is that He'll do it with you. That's the security, is He'll do it with me. Even if I screw it up, He's going to be there to fix it. Because He wants to do this with me. And there's a place that in us, I just think that we need to... I think there's a lot of weary people. A lot of people that have been trying to do good. That have been trying to do what they felt like the Lord's asked them to do. They've been trying to go and infect the world. They've been trying to see things of the kingdom of heaven come. And it just feels like every time you try that nothing comes about. And I think we need to pray with some people today. It's really easy. We just come and we stand with each other and we just pray believing the Lord has put good things in you. The Lord has given you a gift. The Lord has poured out love on you. He's, he's with you. He's not abandoning you. And sometimes it's just very simple for us to stand with somebody and say, be empowered. Know that the Lord is with you. I see the Lord in you. I just think that there's a, an aspect today that if you're weary, if you are just feeling like you've stepped out and you've been trying and you've been trying and you've been trying and there's just nothing changing, I just think we should pray with you today. That we should just stand with you. That we should speak to you. That we should just pray with you. That the Holy Spirit would be evident in your life. That there would be power come upon you to affect the world. You know, all these things, I believe that they're evident. The spirit of Antichrist, apostasy, all these things that are going on. But it does not change who He is. There's no shifting of shadow. There's no variation. He's the same all the time. I'm not waiting to step into eternity. I'm in an eternity now. I'm not waiting for eternity to come. Once you've, you've received the Lord and you've stepped through that, you're in eternity. I'm in eternity now. I can affect eternity right now. I don't have to wait on the end for eternity to come. It's evident right now. And I just think we need to... I would just like to ask it. If you are weary, if you feel like that, we just want to pray with you. I know Brandon was feeling some things earlier, but he needs to pray with some people that... that feel like they've been trying to walk out into healing or they feel like there's just this, this spark of healing inside of them and he wants to pray with some people today just to encourage place of impartation Paul spoke to Timothy and he said the, don't neglect the gifts that were given to you by the laying on of the hands sometimes it's just that somebody putting their hands on you and praying with you and awakening things inside of you spurring you on let's not grow weary 
Let's stand with each other. So I'm going to have, let's just stand. I'm going to have the um, um, first responders come on up. I want us to do one step as a corporate body uh, before I'm going to call for those that Jared just gave that word. Just felt like everybody almost, when, when Rick asked that question in the last six months, have you given way to, or maybe you've had thoughts or maybe given way to those accusations. I just feel like we just need to take a step of repentance and just ask forgiveness for believing those things. Uh, I mean, we're all there. It's not. There's no condemnation in that. I mean, there's times and places I'm like, God, where are you at? I mean, just remember Jeremiah and Lamentations. I mean, you can go through Lamentations 2 and 3 and go, man, is Jeremiah even saved? Man, this guy's believing all sorts of stuff about God. But when he gets to verse, like, 320, all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait a second. This I recall to mind. Wait a minute, God, you are faithful. Wait a minute, God, your loving kindnesses, they never cease. Your, your compassions, they never fail. And therefore, I have what? Hope. Even Jeremiah, a great prophet of God, had moments in that place where he, he, there was accusations that were building in him, but he had to recall to mind the, the character and nature of God. And so can we just do that together, God? We just... We just want to stand as a body, and we just want to repent. Lord, I want to repent for myself, but I just also repent, Lord, on behalf of the body, God, just because, Lord, we've believed things. Lord, we've been believed accusations, and in believing those accusations, we've grown weary. God, and then when we've grown weary, Lord, we tend to kick out. We tend to get that stagnant. Lord, God, are you even going to do something good or, or bad? I, it, at this point, I, I'm just I'm lost. And Father, Lord, we just repent, Lord. We want to repent and then return to the character and nature of God, that you are faithful, God, that you, your compassions, they never fail, God. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. And Lord, we just call upon that nature and mercy, that your grace and mercy of the nature and character of God. And Lord, uh, Lord, we just repent, Lord God, where we have stood and 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 agreed with that accusation. We might not have done the accusation, God, I can't believe you, or whatever, but in those thoughts and beliefs, God, we've, we've stood with the accuser. And, Lord, we don't want to stand with the accuser. We want to stand with the King of kings, the Lord of lords this morning, God. And we just, we just renounce and repent, and we just shake off, Lord, that weariness that's, that's been culminated in that. And, Lord, we just want to pray, Lord, that right now the joy of the Lord be released in this place. And I'm just going to give you a call. If, you, if what Jared was saying, you just need been weary and you've been downcast, I just want you to keep coming. Come on. Even as I'm praying, just come and grab somebody up here. If you need the joy of the Lord this morning to be your strength, just come. Step out from where you're at. I know there's some people in here that need to be at this place this morning because there's a place of stepping out. Just as Jared said, small step, small step. Come down this aisle and say yes to you. And if you don't find anybody, just stand here, and we're gonna we'll, we'll get to you, Lord. I just I just pray for the weary, for the downcast, the downtrodden, Lord, for those that have been discouraged, for those that have been waylaid by the accusations, the weariness of this world, the, the things in, in the spirit, Lord. This spirit of the Antichrist has tried to 
accuse and wear down, Father. We just pray a breaking off, God, just of, of those, the, the symptoms, God. Just, and we take on that joy of the Lord that will be our strength, God. We, just, we agree that we will choose this week to declare your goodness. We will choose to declare your greatness, even in the midst of, I don't see it. I don't see where God's working, or I, I feel lonely. But God, I thank you that you don't leave me. I thank you that I'm not alone. So Lord, I just thank you for that. I bless you. Jesus, Jesus' name, Lord. Just want to encourage you to come and stand if you need prayer this morning. Uh, Brandon and, and Kevin are over here. I just want you, if that other word was for you, that you've just been weary even in that place of praying for people or you believing for healing or you want that impartation, just come and uh, they're going to be here praying. And But I'm just going to close this and, and just, but if you need to respond, respond. Don't, don't wait till next week. Don't wait till next year. Come today. So Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word of the Lord, God. We just thank you that you are faithful in it, God, and that this week will be a week of victory because Lord, we've chosen to declare your goodness in the land of the living. We've chosen to see your goodness in the land of the living. We've chosen to open, you would open up our eyes to see the perspective of heaven, the glory of heaven. Lord, that even in a cross that we celebrated last week, that, Lord, even in that cross, God, was the victory to, to unleash not only forgiveness, but unleash, God, just the glory of God in relationship with you. And so, Lord, we just declare that you are with us, that you are good, that you are faithful. In Jesus' name, we bless you. We bless you. Amen? Amen. I'm going to release you, but I encourage you. Some of you still need to respond. Come. Come and, come and just stand. We'll get to you. We'll pray for you. Otherwise, have a great week. Declare God's goodness wherever you're at.